Welcome to So What Do You Think, a podcast where we discuss weird and unsolved mysteries and events and give you our completely unprofessional opinion on them. I'm Jane. With me here is B. Hello. All right. Tonight we are going to head back fairly recently, actually, back to the year 2020. Now, what does 2020 mean to you? <laughs> Not even going to go there. <laughs> yeah. I think that 2020 was a year that... Uh, Life did a 180 for many people, let's just say. Everything kind of came to a screaming halt. Mm-hmm. I remember um, at the start of the year, like hearing about this brand new virus that's just coming out of China and not really having any concept of what that meant at all. Um, and then all of a sudden everyone was buying all the toilet paper. Which I still don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I know. It still is beyond me what that was about, but... Mm. Yeah, and um, here we are, hopefully at the end of it now, anyway, talking about getting rid of the state of emergency and everything. So, yeah. Oh, you don't even want to get me started on that. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> it's not over. It's just been changed to a different name. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's introduced this new legislation today that still gives him another two years of power. Yeah. Control. The yeah. only difference is that there's no... Um, state border closures and stuff so but he still can do anything he wants yeah by him we mean our state premier mark megalomaniac mcgowan (laughs) hey look in the first year i think that everyone loved him and he was doing a great job and he was keeping everyone safe but then it kind of turned into something else didn't it yeah he's got um control issues Mm. anyway sidetracked so tonight we are going to 2020 Um, And we are going to be talking about Jason Landry, who was a 21-year-old guy, um, a uni student from Texas at the time. Now, uni was in San Marcos, and mum and dad lived about two two to three hours away from there in a town called Missouri City. Jason loved uni. He had just finished his first semester and had done so well that he'd been accepted into a very highly sought-after program um, the sound recording technology program. So good, good for him. So life is good for Jason at this point. Now the date is December 13th and Jason is heading home for Christmas break. For some reason, he decides to begin this drive just before 11 PM. Not really my choice of time to drive. I know here, like, I mean, what's the first thing you think when you think about driving in the darkness around here? Ghosts. Ghosts? I was going to say kangaroos, but okay. Oh, yeah, kangaroos. Depends (laughs) on where you're driving. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Creepy part near the farm where I was. Oh, yeah, that creepy part. Um, The pine forest section. Yep. And, like, I I won't ever drive down that road again, ever. (laughs) You'll have to come down there. I'm going to (laughs) go. Yeah, you'll drive down there. You'll see. You'll know what I mean. Mm, Yeah, pine forests are creepy. I just feel sick even thinking about it. My gosh. Talking about it. So, yeah, not so many kangaroos in Texas, though, but I guess like the equivalent for Americans of our kangaroos would be like deer. I don't know if there's many deer in Texas, but yeah, elk. Elk. I don't know in Texas, though. Texas have elk. um, Joe Rogan, I listened to his podcast. He is big into elk hunting. That's basically all he eats. He hunts his own meat and uses all the meat from the elk. And he lives in Texas. Okay. Oh, maybe there are. Uh, yeah. I think, I think we, I think when you think of Texas, there's that the certain Texas that you're thinking of, the one that you see in all the movies and the TV shows, but mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot more to it. 
Yeah, it's a big state. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my first thought when I think about him setting out 11 p.m. anyway. It's like, is it going to be safe? But, hey, he's a 21-year-old guy and this is his schedule. You know, maybe he's used to driving back at that time of night. So I guess his parents would have been expecting him home in the early hours. But when they wake up, Jason isn't home. He's not there yet. He never made it home. So around midnight that night, so not long after he'd actually set off, a volunteer firefighter was driving down a country road called Salt Flat Road in the town of Luling, Luling, Luling or Luling, Texas, and noticed a car on the side of the road. Now, this is like a full country road, no lights, no nothing. It's just like a back street sort of dirt road, I suppose. So this guy says, all right, that's not normal for there to be a car out here, and he goes and checks it out. Now, he finds that the car's actually wrecked. It's been in an accident. It's not totally written off, but it's not really drivable either. So the lights are still on and the keys are still in the ignition and the front passenger door was locked. So this guy decides that whatever happened must have just happened. So he looks around for a victim. Maybe someone sort of staggered out of the car and, you know, is a little bit incoherent or something. So he does a bit of a walk around, but Jason is nowhere to be found. So he's basically had a crash and left his car and disappeared. Now, police are called and Jason's dad, Kent, goes gets, gets the dreaded 2am phone call telling him that his son has been in a car accident and actually we don't know where he is, which, I mean, God, that's like rough for a parent. That's like pretty much a parent's worst, worst nightmare, right? Why do yep. these always happen? Like, why do they? Yeah. <laughs> so silly. It's not the first time we've heard of these ones where there's an accident and these people leave the scene Mm. yes it's got a bit of a Moira Murray flavor to it yeah yeah like seriously like stay with the vehicle yeah I guess we don't know what sort of state he was in whether or not he was injured maybe had a head injury or something but yeah all we know is that he's not there with the car so a search ensues the next day um, and it's a country sort of area not densely populated so you know, the immediate area and about 50 square metres around it are searched at the time. Now, Kent is told that Jason's car has been taken to an impound facility and he'll need to come and get it straight away. So to me, that's a red flag. I don't know. What do you think about the fact that they've just taken his car away straight away? Yeah, because they don't know what's where he's gone. So, yeah, where's the scene preservation? Where's, yeah. They've just assumed that it's been a car accident, which is bizarre. Like, obviously, the car is mangled, but the fact is the driver isn't in the car. So how can you immediately rule out foul play? I know. And like I said, it's a bit like Maura Murray, you know, like at first I guess the police didn't realise that a crime may have been committed. We still don't mm. even know. Um, and it just looked like a sort of crash and walk off, which I guess they they might assume that people do if they've been drinking or something you know they don't want to get breathalyzed so you know they will Mm. just walk off and come back later so yeah red flag to me the car was never sort of processed for evidence straight away so Kent goes and collects the car he notices that Jason's mobile phone has fallen down between the driver's seat and the center console so unfortunately Jason does not have his phone with him so they can't track him or anything like that Also, 21-year-old guy leaving his phone behind, that's got to be weird, right? Yes, that's true. Not good news to me. So Kent's like, okay, I've got to see where this crash happened. I've got to get, like, a read on the situation. I've got to process it. So he goes, 
gets there around 6am. So a lot's happened in the early hours. Mm. Gets there and I'm assuming the search party hasn't been deployed yet because it's only 6am. Technically, it's only been a few hours. So it's just basically one state trooper that's at the scene at the time. So as soon as Kent gets there, he noticed that there are clothes strewn about the road and he looks at them and says, yes, these are Jason's clothes. So about 30 metres from the crash is a shirt, socks, underwear, shorts, slides and a watch, just like someone was sort of walking along stripping off. Hmm. Now, they do find a small blood smear on the shorts, but there's no blood in the car and there is a barbed wire fence right where he crashed. So they figured he might have like nicked himself getting out of the car. It was only a tiny bit of blood, so they weren't too worried about it. Kent keeps looking and 19 metres away is Jason's backpack, which contains Jason's wallet, laptop, gaming stuff and a small amount of marijuana. I think it was like five joints. So Kent hands all of this over to the Five joints, that's heaps. Well, you know, I'm figuring that he had to like get through Christmas with his family. (laughs) If I had five joints, I'd probably be, I don't know where I'd be. Another planet. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming he didn't intend to smoke them all at once. (laughs) Yeah, true. So Kent hands all of this over to the trooper as evidence and goes and checks out the actual crash site. So here we are, Kent doing the trooper's job for him, essentially. I mean, he hasn't even got there yet and he's like finding all this stuff before he even gets to the crash site. At the crash site, and remember the car has been removed at this point, he finds a cap, a toiletry bag, And this is really, really sad, but Jason had bought his pet fish in a cup home for Christmas. So there's like a little bowl of dead better fish. So thoughts so far? I just actually feel sad about the fish. I know. I was so sad about the fish. I was devastated when mine died. But like he's taken him home for the holidays. Isn't that really cute and sad? Yeah, I had to give my fish away when I moved and I was really sad about it. (laughs) Like some of them had been with me for like, Nearly three years. Oh, I never really got into fish, so I can't really relate. But anyway. So, yeah, thoughts so far on what Kent has found. Very weird. Mm-hmm. Like, just straight up, why why people, some people are cops or troopers or whatever is beyond me when they're just not committed to actually doing their jobs properly. I guess a and trooper, this- I don't know whether a trooper is trained in crime scene preservation or anything like that. Maybe no, but they should be trained in being able to differentiate between a accident and what could potentially be a crime scene. Yeah, the, the clothes everywhere. I mean, what does that say to you, the fact that he sort of looked like he was walking and stripping off? You've seen plenty of car accidents hmm. and you will generally have a body there or an alive body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a big car accident and yeah, someone might, you know, it could have been a stolen car. Someone might've done a runner, but the fact is there's like all the belongings are left behind. Mm. There's a fish, there's a phone, there's clothes strewn all over the road. Come mm. on, mate. Like surely that is ringing some bells in your mind going, hmm, this is a bit weird. Yeah. I guess the first thing that jumps out at me is possible head injury here. Like it sounds like if he did leave the crash of his own volition, he was potentially not in his right mind. Like there was something going on with his brain at the time. So, yeah, you know, crashing is one thing, but stripping off and walking away, that's not really normal. Yeah. I guess my question at this stage is like, why was he on this country road? It actually wasn't on the way to his parents' house. 
And so I did look into that element of things and it looks like it's a pretty easy turn to miss um, on that turn off there. And um, a lot of people who are from the area say, yeah, it's actually really easy to miss the turn off and end up on that road. So I feel like that could answer that question. Police did manage to get Jason's phone records and it looks like he had been using a navigation app right up until just before the wrong turn. So what happened was he was using the navigation app and then all of a sudden he just turns it off and starts using Snapchat for some reason. And it was right at that moment that he ends up going down the dirt road. So I don't know, thoughts about that, about stopping navigation and starting a Snapchat? Obviously, had something very interesting to share with his followers. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, Snapchat does have a messaging function um, yeah. and it also shows you the location of other people as well. So I sort of thought maybe one of those could be an option as well. Yeah, potentially. Maybe meeting someone or something like that. I know it's just a weird thing to do to just all of a sudden not need to know where you're going and yeah. on Snapchat instead. That is strange. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, maybe he got distracted by his phone and, you know, thinking, oh, I know the way from here. And then, you know, turns out that that was actually a mistake to do that. I don't know. It's hard to say why he actually did that. So the search kicks off and it's uh, the usual land, air, horse, drone situation that we always see. No luck, though. Jason has never been seen again. So knowing what we know about how these police investigations go usually, what do you think the police's verdict on what happened to Jason was? Suicide. Yeah, yep. <laughs> well, yeah. Or starting a new life. Starting a new life, yes, that's it, our old classic. Well, they never even... Um, they never even went that far. They never even gave specifics. The official theory given by the sheriff's office, Captain, um, it, given specifically by Captain Jeff Ferry, was that there was no crime here. It's clear that Jason was under the influence, took a wrong turn, ended up crashing, got out, stripped off on a two degree Celsius night, I might add, so a freezing cold night, and walked off into the night where, and this is my favourite part, he was eaten by wild hogs. Wow, that's some crazy, vicious hogs. Right? That was literally the sheriff's captain's theory. Had a crash, was high on drugs, walked off, stripped off, was eaten by hogs. So thoughts on that? That's the most stupid thing I've ever heard. I mean, it's oddly specific, isn't it, about the hogs? Yeah. <laughs> It's what, is this like a common thing? Like, is there, is there a gang? Is there a gang of hogs that just goes around eating people? Yeah, actually, if there's anyone who's listening who's from Texas or knows Texas, is, is this something that you'd worry about as somebody in Texas? Do you have to worry about hogs? Like, oh, so now I have to be worried about owls <laughs> and hogs. Yeah, I don't know. It just is very, very random. I look, maybe we're completely missing something. We're just stupid Australians. Like, we've never been to Texas. Uh, oh, look, I know that they can be vicious and aggressive. Yeah, and we really, have wild really ones here. But yep. this is very specific and yes. it gives the idea that there is multiple hogs. Yeah, a gang of hogs. Which just seems bizarre. I wonder what a group of hogs is called. I've got to find out. I feel like of hogs. I feel like hog of hogs. A passel. A passel of hogs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the sheriff feels that a passel of hogs were the murderers in this case so yeah 
and nothing, nothing like they just completely ate everything, all of him. Well, that is possible. I know that pigs can actually dispose of a body quite effectively, I've heard. But, yeah, it's just weird. Anyway, let's unpack it. So, you know, it's something that we've seen time and time again, lazy police work, I think. Ah, the kid had some pot in his bag. So obviously this is just some like stoner misadventure. Oh, well, these things happen. That's what it feels like, don't you think? Again, why be in the police force? I know, I know. Well, it's, you know, it's a question that we ask all the time, most weeks. It's just offensive. It really is offensive. And I think that if I was his family, I'd be up in arms about that. I mean, for starters, like we said, it was only a little bit of pot, probably, like I said, to get him through family Christmas. You know, there's nothing to suggest that he'd been smoking that night in the car either. They were just like a container of joints in his bag. For also, like, there isn't much, there's not much research. It depends on who you talk to. I guess maybe if you have a predis- uh, predisposition to it, but general rule of thumb is pot isn't something that's going to push you over the edge and, and send you into some sort of psychosis. I think like, that it has been reported on rare occasions that that can Yeah, happen. that's what I mean. It's not, yeah. but it's not overly common. Not a common thing. No. And if he was touting um, five, five joints, then he was a, probably a semi-regular user at least. And yeah. Had done it before. So, you know. Yeah. And just to write off the whole undressing on a freezing night thing and disappearing, it's just so irresponsible, right? You know, even if he was stoned, like, why strip off? That, yeah, I don't know. It was a freezing cold night. I feel like even if you were massively stoned, you're not going to strip off. Unless the pot was laced with something. Yeah, well, there's always that too. I don't know whether they ever tested them. But like I said, there was no sign that he'd been smoking in the car. And it's a pretty distinctive smell. Um, yeah, you know, they'd gone to, and they got to his car within like an hour, you know, of him disappearing. Well, pretty much immediately after he disappeared. So something would have been smelt, ash would have been found, you know, there would have been something. So amazingly, the sheriff's office took DNA swabs from the car, but once they settled on their uh, disappearing hog theory, they decided not to have them processed. So nothing to see here. Um, so yeah, the, the, the conclusion was not, we're not going to take this any further. It was just like misadventure, I guess. So the family are like, nope, don't like that. Um, and they hire a private investigator, ex FBI agent, Abel Pina. And he's just straight up when he sees the details of the case, he's just like, what? (laughs) Much like (laughs) us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, he even comes out and he calls laziness. He's like, well, I guess if you have a, if you call accident, you don't have to go talk to people, right? You don't actually yeah. have to do the legwork. You just sort of tick the box and that's it. End of story. Pretty quickly, Abel identifies um, 10 people whom he thinks might be able to provide information. And he pushes the sheriff's department to talk to them, you know, but they're like, nah, nah, not going to do that. We don't feel like we need to do that. So yeah. That's so wrong. It's just, it's actually bizarre. Like this starts getting into that old question that we have had so many times on this show. Are we talking incompetence or corruption? You know, because yeah. it seems as though they look the same from the outer, you know. Yeah. So Abel feels like he could have had contact with someone at that intersection where he went off course. I've got no idea why he thinks that this is his theory um, as he's never come out and said it but I guess he must have something that makes him feel that way. 
He's been trying to get hold of phone records and a tower dump to see who else was in, in that area. So a tower dump is basically, I think we've talked about it before, where you see all of the mobile phones that were in that area at that time. Yeah. But he can't get them because warrants can only be issued if there is evidence of a crime. And given the official line is line is that there was no crime, it's a no-go. He can't get any sort of warrant for anything. So he feels that it's possible that Jason was not alone. What do you think about that theory? Seems more likely. I mean, it's possible. I don't know whether it's likely, but I feel like it could be possible. I'm just trying to think of the circumstances in which that would have happened. Like it's the middle of the night. Was Did he pick up a hitchhiker? Like, you know what I mean? Like how does someone else get in his car? don't know. Also remember that the passenger side door was locked. So if you were in the car with him when the accident happened, I don't know whether you'd have presence of mind to lock the door before you exited or maybe they went out the same door. I don't know. So it does seem though, seem odd though, that he stops navigation at that point where he starts to get lost. That is interesting. This was a small, dark country road, so I personally would want to know I was on the right track if I was him. I don't know. What are your thoughts about opening Snapchat? Why do you think he could have done that? Meeting someone. Yeah, like a message. Because, I mean, I know, you know, these kids and their apps (laughs) and, you know, all that. Don't there's so many things that you don't want to miss out on, you know? I know, I know. But really, are you that addicted to Snapchat that you need to open it while you're driving a route in the middle of the night and it's dark and you don't really know this route very well? I don't know. That just goes into yeah, but people use multiple social media apps for communicating. You know, you might only have certain people on a certain app. I personally don't have any notifications really set on my phone. Yeah, me too. So I don't don't know if I've got a message on Messenger or a message on Instagram or whatever. Mm. So 21-year-old guy probably would have, yeah. Um, So I wouldn't, I don't know unless I go into the app, which is, I like it that way because I don't want it to be a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so... But I'm imagining someone younger and also who does maybe dabble in recreational drug use would probably use Snapchat for communicating. Yeah. Um, so maybe he got a message that popped up and he, well, you know, he was expecting a message from someone. Maybe he was going to meet someone back home, um, in his hometown. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I think this might actually be a good clue in this case. I feel like of all the things we've got and there's a lot of sort of crazy stuff, this is something that could actually mean something. I mean, think about it. Maybe someone who's in the car with him and says, yeah. Snapchat, you know, yeah. my Snapchat, give me your phone, I'll add it, you know. Maybe they grab the phone, he tries to get it back and they cra- and the crash ensues, you know, that could happen as well. I wonder if they have looked into his Snapchat to see if he got a message from someone at that time. Um, that would be good information to have. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I can see shutting off, you know, shutting the na- navigation app off and looking at Snapchat if you got a message, um, but probably not so much just sort of having a leisurely scroll. Um, so no, I wouldn't think it would be for that. No. So to me, it's either, to me, it's possible that either someone was there with him or he was just distracted by Snapchat. Yeah. Nothing really concrete though. No. So let's look at the head injury wandered off situation. 
I think that we have evidence that this is a distinct possibility that the wander off, the strip off could be related to a head injury. However, I think that the, that the area was searched and if you have a dead body in an area, you've got birds, you've got scavengers, you've got search and rescue people that know this as well. So you can pretty quickly pick up where a dead body is. It's possible he fell into a crevasse or something like that, of course. As far as I know, the dogs never tracked him, though. They actually did track him to a nearby pond, which I've learned that this is what Americans call any sort of large body of water. Like (laughs) a pond to us is like something small, but usually you've got goldfish or koi in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. What they call a pond is what we would call like a dam or even a lake like so yeah by pond I mean that it was a large sort of a large body of water largish body of water now divers did check it out and but never found his body though it doesn't mean it's not there though although I do have a video that I'll put in the show links that actually shows some drone footage of the area and actually flies over the pond and it is really really shallow so I just feel like you would have seen him you would have found him if he was there so, yeah, I don't know. I just don't really buy the whole drowned, went off and drowned in a pond thing. I think that this does potentially tell us, though, that he wasn't picked up and taken anywhere at that point. Um, maybe he swam across the pond and then he just took off only to be grabbed later by someone maybe. Like, I just feel as though if he'd wandered off and died, we would have found his body. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, feel I, mean, like, he- I feel like his body would have probably been found in that like yeah his body's just disappeared which is weird yeah that's it hiding a body is easy don't get it there were early reports that the dogs were actually going back and forth between the pond and a small abandoned house nearby but that was searched as well with no luck Um, and like I said I'll put links to the drone footage of the area so everyone can have a look it's a dirt road and there just seems to be large properties surrounding it so it's not really like a forested area or anything like that To look at it, I wouldn't think that you wouldn't not find him. But stranger things have happened, you know. Sometimes people are in a really obvious place and we just don't see it. So, yeah, um, that's it. Final thoughts on what happened to Jason. I think he was um, taken. He has to have been, surely, right? Mm. Either by someone in the car with him, he was meeting someone, he was followed by someone. Maybe that can explain why. Maybe he lost control because he was scared. Yeah, that's the other point too. Was he being like road raged or something? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't really explain the whole stripping off though, unless they were making him, like someone held a gun to him or something like that and were like strip off, yeah. That's a decision. Yeah, he's either been followed Mm. and taken or crashed, left the scene Mm. in a state and then been taken. Hmm. Yeah, I think, look, I'm feeling head injury of some sort here. I yeah. Think, I think probably distraction got him lost and, yeah. and he crashed for some reason. I mean, it's a dark it's a dark road. He was on his phone. The fact that the phone was like in that bitch of a spot that's just so hard to get to, you know, that spot down next to your yeah. chair between the console and whenever you drop it down there, you're like, God damn it. And you can get yeah. it out. You know, maybe that's what he was doing and that's why he crashed because he, you know, was trying to get his phone out. Maybe it's one of those freak cases where he has actually got amnesia from a head injury. So he doesn't even know who he is. 
Well, yeah, that's really interesting. That is actually one of the theories and the, the, the family still hope that that. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a side note in a minute. Um, I think that the head injury would explain the stripping off and walking off. As to where he ended up, though, well, I suppose that's got to be a little bit more complicated. I don't think he's in the pond, um, but I think that he's either tucked away in a ravine or maybe he did like a stagger into the road and got hit and someone panicked and disposed of him or came across some midnight rednecks or something like that. I don't think he's still alive, unfortunately, though. But, yeah, I don't know. I just feel as though distraction was not his friend that night. I think that that is probably what led to everything happening, whether it be like a message from Snapchat or him just getting really distracted by his phone, dropping it next to his seat and then just crashing. After that, who knows what's happened. There was an interesting update in this case, like I said, a side note. Um, Recently, though, in July this year, a guy who looked a lot like Jason was found unconscious in the streets of New York which is a really long way away from Texas. They put photos out there and people were actually really hopeful of this this young guy and he was like in a coma and, um, you know, it it looks so much like him. They actually went and took fingerprints, but unfortunately, no, it wasn't him. So everyone was a little bit hopeful for a little while there, but nothing came of it, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is really sad. So, yeah, I don't know. Everyone needs to go and tell us what you think happened to Jason. Do you think that someone else was involved or this was just one of those freak accidents that, and he just sort of vanished afterwards. I don't know. Yeah. Mm, it's a sad one. It's a sad one. It's early days though. Yeah, it's not been that long. It's only been a no. couple of years since it. So, look, you never know. We may have a situation where, yep, we've got a fugue state, we've got amnesia, and yeah. come back someday. So, yeah. Anyway, come and see us on socials. Let us know what you think, and um, we'll keep talking about it. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.